going live. You know, it's interesting. I, I think I don't think I know that a lot of times the best discussions are done when they're organic and it's like off an idea or another conversation. Um, I just have been having had a really cool conversation this morning. Uh, we did an a we did I'm sorry we did a roundtable earlier today and that's what we were trying to we had issues with the audio going cross platform so that was that was my fault so I apologize for that but we will have I'll have content posted about what we talked about it was a really cool discussion about uh, gaming becoming next social media or gaming platforms becoming the next social media is pretty neat so I will have that posted um, cool Anders yeah so I think it's so oh yeah it's seven hours so I think it's plus seven over there thanks. Thanks, Marcel. Man, all right. So I appreciate you jumping in. So I I don't even have an intro. <laughs> Zero script, you know. And, and that's this way it should be like, man. I I don't I don't know. Maybe it's it's voices in my head like telling me this. Maybe I'm completely off basis. Um, I'm just really sick and tired of mainstream calling gaming toxic. Um, I don't know. I've just been when you. Uh, talk to people outside the space and especially, I mean, I, I don't want to call certain people out and things like that. I really want to make sure I don't do that. Um, people that I guess aren't inside the space, aren't players slash gamers, however you want to have that term, um, calling it toxic, calling it, you know, people should be playing in this and that it's detaching them from society. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways we can go down this road, but this this whole this whole absolute statement of gaming is bad. I'm just I'm really sick of it. Did a specific event happen that sparked this emotion? Uh, not not necessarily. It was just kind of conversations. Just um, probably probably been bowling for a while. So what, what is y'all's thoughts on that? I'm just going to go right into chat. I've got other things I want to mention. So one thing I, w- I want to mention is this, just kind of my perspective. But So I'm 33. My So when I was seven. So when I was seven years old, my brother was one. Uh, my parents got divorced. Uh, pretty, pretty nasty divorce, too. Uh, it was kind of one of those that was drawn out. I don't know if anybody, um, anybody listening been through it or have, know someone that went through a, a divorce with their family. Uh there are different severities, I think, with divorces. I think some are more amicable than others. I think others are drawn out more than others. Ours was very drawn out. Um, I think I was halfway to my law degree, um, having to talk to judges, um, having to <laughs> be a mediator, essentially. Um, and so you had life with your father, life with your mother, um, life with grandparents kind of getting pulled different directions, uh, consistency kind of lacking. So I know this, I know this will resonate with some people, if not for yourself, maybe for someone that, you know, you know, but one of the, look, not, not the only thing I want to make that clear. Um, I want to make that clear to start. Not, it wasn't the only thing that was consistent in my life, but one of the things that was consistent in my life was gaming. Game, the games didn't care where I was living. Game, the games didn't care that I was with my dad or my mom or my grandparents. It was consistent. I was able to compete. I learned how to lose. I learned how to win. I learned how to push myself through gaming. You cannot tell me that that's not powerful. Can't tell me that. I've had a lot of great conversations around this. 
So this whole idea that gaming in and of itself is bad, I'll fight against that. I'll fight against that. And I know a lot of people that I've talked to that will come together and fight against that idea and that concept. Yeah, and t- so and Marshall talking about the internet, talking about look, technology is demonized. Um, it's it's all the same story. It's all the same story uh, of demonizing something that, that's new. But of course, of course, gaming is not new, right? Um, but it's there, there's always this, there's this connotation with it. Look, I do, I will say the connotation around it is not maybe as adamant or as violent or as um, uh, people are really not, not even sure what I'm trying to say. But but the but that voice out there, that mainstream voice out there, that gaming is bad, is still there. It's it is still there. So I'm just trying to I'm just throwing out my perspective. This is just a complete organic perspective about what gaming did for me as a kid. Um, look, anything. Not, I can't say anything. Um, m- most things in excess are bad. Now I don't want to get into like a philosophical debate necessarily. Um, so you look at all the different things that you could have excess excess in your life and it ends up being um kind of just too much to formulate too much to deal with um you get over occupied with it um you can overeat you can overwork kind of going down that road right so obviously it falls into that category too um but you know i just wanted to make sure make it very clear just from my perspective and maybe i'm not the only one so if you have that perspective great i want i want to hear what your all's perspective on that is then on the other side of it if you don't agree with it, what is your perspective as well? Because, you know, we all have different perspectives. We've all, we've all um, been a part of gaming slash esports in a different way, in a different manner. Um, my brother's going on five years being involved in the Smash Melee community, ultra involved in that community as, as a player, commentator, um, content creator. Uh, so I know a lot of us, again, gaming in, Esports kind of have a, has a little delineation and whatnot. A gaming twenty years ago has come is is esports obviously came from gaming, and then esports is becoming a more um, professionalized ecosystem as we go along. We don't really want to get into that per se right now because uh, we talk about that a lot. But what I mean, what is your story? What is your perspective? What do you hear mainstream out there about how it's demonized? I had a great conversation this morning. It's just ridiculous. I'm sick of it. So I did. So someone asked me about the conversation that got sparked. It, it, it one, one was this morning. I think it kind of put me over the edge a little bit. Um, just giving my perspective. Taught me how to lose. Taught me how to win. Like when you are. Right, so you. All right, I'll take you back. Uh, Gold Knight players out there. Gold Super Smash on the 64. Like when you, you lost, you lost. Like I never remember gotten, getting super excited about uh, getting second when four of us was playing. When we, when we maxed out the controllers, I had four of us playing Super Smash on the 64. I was not uh, super excited when I got second. Like, I was, all, I only feel like I won unless I got first, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I got a participation ribbon. I don't know. And I could, could be going over the edge with this. I could, and, and, again, here's a great thing. People can disagree, and I, and I don't personally dislike you or dislike your situation or dislike your experiences. I'm just sharing my experience. That's all I'm doing. Um, so you can, you can take it, take it as you want, but I'm, I'm jumping into chat here. I'm kind of boiling a little bit. Um, I'd love to get y'all's perspective on this. 
But Marcel says the whole thing with toxicity is really just a loud minority. My mind. Some of the most fondest memories I have from childhood is when me and my friends went out to internet cafes to play Counter-Strike when it was still in beta. We spent hours talking about it and afterwards playing. It's a great point. It was social. That was your that, that was it was your social group. And we talked about that uh, a little bit as far as how gaming and it's and it has been. It's been for a while. It hasn't just all of a sudden now gaming is social media. I mean, gaming has always been social media to a certain extent, but now what's happening and will continue to happen is it's, it's at scale, I guess the way, is it the way to say it? Gaming as a social platform is at scale when years ago, I think, and even, and even still to this point, it's obviously getting much more mainstream, but it's, uh, it used to be more niche just kind of in my perspective. But th- thanks for sharing that, uh, Marcel. Ignore it, honestly. It will bring you live listening to the same people 30 plus years ago. They laughed about the internet being a fad. No, no, and I'm not I'm not trying to make it affect me or like make my day <laughs> throw my day off or anything. But it's just interesting. I don't know. I like I like to combat. I like to like come on, man. Like, come on. This 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 concept, this idea, this gaming is terrible. It's never good. There's nothing good that comes out of gaming. You know, I think I think the I think the voice on the other side of it could be louder. I think our voice could be louder, and maybe I'm completely wrong about that. Adam, thanks for sharing. I was told that I was wasting my time and energy playing video games and enjoying esports as a kid and teenager. Now I'm creating different esports technology companies that video games gave me the ability to understand the marketplace. And eventually be able to create my dream calling with video games. And we talk about that in the kind of business perspective, esports business perspective that gave you turned into that in that, that ecosystem that's being built around and giving us the opportunities. Exactly. Giving you the opportunity to actually have a career because of the structure that's being put in place. Marcel, I learned Photoshop because I went to mod command and conquer generals back in the day. So you learned a skill set so you can be involved, right? Right, Paul. Too much water can kill you. It's all about balance and moderation. Thanks, Clarence, for that link. I'll take a look at it. Tyler, Tyler, what's up, Tyler? It says it's there and it's terrifying. Thanks, Marcel. I absolutely respect and honor you for wanting to talk about this. It is a big topic in society, but I feel it is perpetuated by people who have never actually tried it properly. They see a few bad apples and want to push it all on people. And people are entitled to their opinions. So I I, I do want to make that clear, Uh, but it doesn't mean you can't have a voice on the other side of it. You know, think about, think about, uh, you know, just think about kids that are like pushed away from gaming that could have ended up being, have, have a flourishing career um, on an esports team. And because they were pushed away from it, because that's what they felt was the right thing to do. And like, you know, well, they don't want them 
touching the, that game. They don't want to be involved with it, uh, and it kind of crushed their ability to do that. So, <laughs> golden eye, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, nobody expects everyone at the Super Bowl to receive rings and a trophy. So, <clears throat> and I also come from – the other thing, too, on the other side of this, I also come from a traditional uh, sports background with wrestling. You know, seventh place doesn't grab – doesn't get the big bracket. There's only one person gets a big bracket for those that, re- that wrestled. <laughs> right? But that, that my first lessons of that when I was when I was young in gaming, and if you lost, you lost. Like, there, I, I don't even know how, how to say that. And it really did. It really did teach me that. Now I taught it with it. It it, it taught me that within uh, typically, typically my friend group, right? I think you know, you know, land parties. Um, you know, going back to kind of like the Halo Halo days. Those are some good days before Halo Two, before Xbox Live. So definitely dating myself, right? But um, those land parties, and you know, if you're on the team that won, you won. If you're on the team that lost, you lost. Like there wasn't much to say about that. People, <clears throat> Clarence. People don't like. Well, they don't understand esports is really complicated to understand for several for several folks. This is something I focus a significant amount of time in combating. I schedule daily meetings with folks in Charlotte. I may give them a tour of our offices and teach them about esports. Just explain what esports is to all of them. So I don't know if you guys wanted to share an experience uh, of what gaming helped you with. I guess especially through childhood. It's kind of what I'm getting at with this. Um, you know, instead of looking at oh, there's just kids playing games. Like it's so much. It's so much deeper than that because you, you have the you do have the social interaction uh, involved with it. Uh, that I've talked about the competing side of it. Um, again, even if it is, even if it is just a recreational setting, you're learning. You're learning in a structured way to compete in something, and then when you compete, there's a result. You know, at the end of that competition. Thanks, guys, for jumping in and, and uh, typing some of your experiences. Uh, so Rustin, how's it going? I had an epiphany a few days ago when on the phone with my mother, I had to explain how people monetize channels on YouTube, Twitch, blew her mind. I think the industry is just moving so quickly that those outside of the industry simply aren't educated on the opportunities. She still has a very difficult time accepting that I have a legitimate career in gaming, but I think she made some mental connections, which was great. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned kind of on the education side of it. In education, education in a new industry, you know, as we know, takes takes time, and and I, and I understand that, and you know, I, I don't, you know, not try to go after certain people and things like that, but you know, it that conversation earlier this morning was a little eye opening. Now, the other thing I do, the other thing to think about as well is. It's you know we're talking we're talking esports gaming it's obviously global and then there's so there's sub there's subcultures there's cultures around the world right so there's going to be um, societal differences when you go from country to country and it's really int- I mean it's very fascinating how I mean it's just very different from country to country it really is so different conversations and education around it um, I don't know you just be surprised. With, with some countries of how shut off they are um, from a, you know, the idea of adopting gaming as, as literally being okay. Uh, 
Uh, Marcel says there's another angle to this, though. Some parents use games as a way to just put the kids away in the corner. I was once asked by the principal, a friend of mine, a local school, to talk to the parents during a parent-teacher day. I was so surprised by the level of non-interaction between parents and their kids. They think the games are bad because the, the kids are like zombies when playing them. And when they played online games, the parents just refused to, to understand that they cannot just pause the game. I asked some of the parents to talk to the kids about their experiences. And some of the parents said that they would, would do that because they realized that there is a passion there for the gaming that they did, do not understand. I never went back, but I hope it helped a kid or two connect with their parents. <clears throat> yeah, you don't you don't want to deal with them. You just put them in the corner, give them a game. Um, and then I, I wish I, I wish I would have found it again. But there's also, um, you know, there's that uh, that connection with fights and altercations, not physical altercations necessarily, but um, kind of arguments within the family unit when it comes to gaming. Um, so kind of creating that, like you said, that separation. So, you know, you're in my world, go into your world, and let's separate kind of deal. Tyler says, gaming helped me understand strategy, helped me understand art and storytelling as well. Yeah, and back to what Rustin said, it, it's I mean, we've, we've talked about this a couple times, that it's, it's created an, an entire again, an entire business world gaming and esports. Like it's, it's an entire world that's obviously legitimized for those that are obviously in it for on the outside. It's not legitimate, but until, you know, it's going to be legitimate to them. I don't know how long it's going to take a decade. Right. And then at that point, you know, a lot of times if you're not, in that early adoption phase, early adoption phase is really the time to really start looking at things and be open-minded to it. Um, but many, many are very, are just lagging, you know, they're called laggards. So, and that's why we have innovation. Hey, Steven, I appreciate you posting, man. Here's my thoughts. I didn't have any real close friends at school because they all live miles away in one town. Online gaming wasn't a thing then. So they would all play out, with each other and got super close. Whereas I couldn't do that often. So the ability now to just go online and chat and play with friends may have helped, helped you, me there. I mean, I have some real close friends now, so it's no biggie, but when you're a kid, it's not ideal. So it connected. So obviously potentially connecting people that physically can't be connected, obviously. And obviously the way you connect in business, I mean, that, that goes without saying, cause we're basically doing that right now. We're having conversations and we're all, we're all around the world. So we're doing it as we speak. Yeah. And you're seeing a little bit of that, Steven. So Terry Cruz openly said that he only got into gaming because of his son and it's hundred percent made them closer. So he was on record saying that. And we're just, you know, I think we're just going to have more of that. And that's how you interact. And that's how, but you have to kind of get your hands dirty. I think we've talked about this before. You got to get your hands dirty as a parent. So I have, I have two young ones um, getting involved. Like, what are they playing? What are they watching on YouTube? Like just getting involved and, and 
asking them what they're interested in. You know, what's really actually interesting is in some cases there's some crossover because uh, there's some, you know, there's some, uh, you know, franchises or games that have been around for a couple of decades. So you're, so potentially your kids are playing what you played. Now it's different iterations of it, whether, it, whether it's Mario or Pokemon, like my, my five-year-old's obsessed with Pokemon, right? So I played Gen 1, Gen 2. I played Gen 1, Gen 2, right? A lot. <laughs> so it's, it's fun. It's really cool. It's really funny. Um, and for those that, that do have kids that are old enough to kind of be in that, in that space and, um, you know, taking in content, playing games, whether it's a mobile game or, or console, or whatever. And especially if it's a franchise that you play, it's actually really interesting. It's actually really cool to see that. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Thomas says, uh, three years of extensive days in World of Warcraft brought me probably more skills in working in a big team than five years of study at university. I was a WoW player too. I played Burning like right at, right around the Burning Crusade time um, for about I think I think about a, about a year. So I'm not I'm definitely not one that played you know for five six seven years. Um, but you're talking about man a game that was way ahead of its time as far as immersiveness um, being being just it, like like you just mentioned like engulfed in an environment. Um, yeah, so three years of extensive days in WoW, probably probably more skills in working in a big team. You know, going through raids and things like that and working together, teamwork. That's true. I mean, and, and Brad, you're, it, you're absolutely right. You find good where you want to find good and find bad where you want to find bad. It's just, you know... <laughs> It's like at some point you, you kind of you're just kind of like okay like you want to say something about it you know and just have a conversation around it. Uh, Ty was saying learning together in a virtual environment can bring an enormous amount of value to any individual, unique perspectives, and people coming together to accomplish a goal. You guys know where I stand on immersive environments. And that is the next step. Now, again, we always talk about execution on that. Uh, everybody can have the idea or or hear the idea of immersive environments, but it's executing um, on that as it pertains to the you know business side or creational side. You can absolutely get stuff done right in a virtual environment, and in fact, you can be you can be more efficient depending on how the environment is set up. Right. If it is if it is set up for a business setting, you can be more efficient in that environment than any other environment that's non-immersive. Right. But you got you have to have the platform to, be able to do it. Adam says gaming is a social event, which is always positive if the intention of playing games is to collaborate and build better relationships through communication and fun. Yeah, so I don't know if y'all had any other experiences, especially especially growing up. Not that not that our adult experiences aren't worth anything. I, you know, do not I take it that way. But I just kind of look back. I just look back to to childhood, especially. Um, again, I mentioned coming from a divorced family, kind of a time of dissension and um, time of chaos. Like that was kind of one of the things that brought um, a little more consistency. Uh, so, you know, and then but then. Uh, 
parents would have their names on games and say, well, that's my game for this house. That's my game for this house. I don't know if, don't know if my else would do that. <laughs> so that might have been the only, uh, only hurdle. And, and, and I know some of it is, is escapism, which obviously if you're continually trying to escape all the time, that that's probably a negative connotation, but it's something so that we you also talk about mental health um, and disconnecting and disconnecting from work and things like that. And it's really cool the last few years, how there's been a lot of, t- a lot of um, discussion around that, it, you know, compared to 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it was not talked about nearly as much as it talk, is talked about now and how it's, and I think this is going to continue as we as humans identify what an issue it is. And quite frankly, I think we've really just, we've really scratched the surface on it. Uh, and there's a lot of, obviously a lot of initiatives that's coming out to, to push mental health, the awareness of it and uh, you know, how you can protect yourself and help others. But gaming can be that disconnect from work, right? That social, it's kind of like, I mean, whether you're watching an esports event or watching the NFL or NBA or whatever, I mean, you, that's kind of a disconnect from like, let's call it like the daily grind or whatever. And disconnecting is a good balance to have, uh, in my opinion. Yes, yeah, so any other thoughts? Feel free to let me know. I'm scrolling through here to make sure I haven't missed anything. Uh, looks like Sam. Looks like Sam. How's it going? Sam says gaming allowed me to form some great and lasting friendships, develop skills and an interest in technology and creative approaches. The opinion of toxicity is built up by media who prefer the drama side of stories rather than the positive side. Hey, Thomas, how's it going? Got a couple questions here. See, did you talk about when you should give your kids access to games like mobile games or console from which age my boys are three and five and they tried some Lego mobile games already, but I see that already those games are focused on do this to get this grinds, which I think probably isn't a good for kids in that age. Although I've been a gamer my whole life started in the age of eight to 10, but kids these days start much earlier. What's your opinion on that? Uh, it's, it's, it, that is interesting. So we're kind of the same boat. We got two around the same age, um, same age as yours. So, you know, I think the context of the game is obvi- is obviously important as well. I think you know, obviously each game has its own context, so yeah, I think you have to be conscious and aware of that. At least I try to be. Um, there's some great, I mean, there's some great um, kind of uh, like like luminosity like games to kind of help um, brain development um, that are going to be more progressive and helping um helping their the mental capacity than other games if that makes sense i guess um so the context of the games that they're playing i think is important this is just my opinion i'm not trying to tell people how to parent by the way uh, i just this is just my opinion so this is the context of the games uh and, and again we talked about excess uh anything in excess not i say anything not anything but most of things in excess is bad so it's um it's just something that I think you. I think that it's a really hard standard to say you should only kids six years old should only play for two point four eight hours per day. You know, I don't really think it's a math equation. I think it's you developing that parent 
child relationship, how it looks like, how it looks for you, your family dynamic. Um, and then also, are you, I think, there, I think there is a difference between handing them a device and say, go play this game versus, all right, let's sit down and do it together. So I do, I do think there's a, there's a difference there. Yeah, they play pu- like uh, like my kids play puzzle games, um, but uh, but but it's not like we don't have real you know we don't have we don't have physical Legos right um, that they actually actually can can touch and feel and do that. So I mean I think it's a variety of things, but it's but I I, I don't like having the closed mindedness of never never ever touching um, a game at certain you know there's a threshold like a certain age or whatnot. So but it. Again, going back to the context of the game is obviously important. Uh, Sterling says games now a lot more addictive than they used to be. There's a lot of loops that get people to constantly play and invest their time to the point where it's not healthy. Games have always had that addiction factor, but before it was through meaningful connection to the game, which can happen to anything that is fun. Uh, yeah, you know, I guess the commercialization of things, obviously. Um, it's, so, for example, like if I when I went and bought probably one of the games I played the most growing up was Final Fantasy Tactics. I know it's a super ultra niche. I don't know if anybody else even on here played FFT a lot on PS1. Um, but you you weren't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't about that that feedback loop per se be, so that your eyeball saw more ads so that you potentially could buy something, right? Um, so, I mean, the backdrop's a little bit different, but we're talking about about kids and parameters, and being involved with your kids and seeing what games are playing, how long they're playing. There's absolutely a case for that. Um, but, you know, the absolute statements that, you know, every game is terrible and, and shouldn't be played, right? It's kind of what we're talking about. But that's a really good point. So Steven said, I think it doesn't matter how old. I would say it might be getting involved with them. Like Lego games on console can always be two player. Most kid focused ones are like that. So maybe play with them. Yep. So I think that might be the biggest piece that's that's missing. Is if and again, you'll understand the context more of the game. You're spending, I mean, obviously, you're spending time with your kids, you're seeing what they're doing, you're getting involved with them, um, and you're able to also filter really what they're doing. So it's in the way of how you're using those games um, to communicate with them. So Thomas says, think about getting off of Nintendo switch. I guess I guess it would make sense for kids in that age already if we play together first. Uh, but going back to mobile, uh, so like my kids um, like playing mobile games. Uh, he's actually saving up for, he's actually saving up uh, doing chores and stuff for potentially. There's a I think there's like a, a Pikachu, Pikachu edition switch. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but it's out. It's out. He really he really wants that. So Marcel coming with a unique angle. When you have kids saying they want to be in esports, the parents might be skeptical, and rightfully so. Most people who go after pro esports will not make it, just like in regular sports. However, what I don't always hear is that you might start by streaming in esports, and it might develop into a career in marketing, media, production, or anything else in the esports or game dev industry. Great point on this, Marcel. 
and you know where I'm going with this already. Your content is your resume. Here's what's awesome. You can start building your online resume at whatever age. And you can start a business when you're seven or eight. You know, you can go ask about st starting a business when they're, I, I, I don't know how old he is, but, or how the family's is and all that. Go ask Ryan's toys about that. Now I have a five or two year old and they're constantly wanting to watch Ryan's toys. Okay. So seen enough of it. Right. So they made content. He made essentially making cut for those not aware, making content of, of them playing toys, um, unboxing, actually, you know, uh, playing with different sets and putting them together and uh, putting uh, voices behind it and things like that. Uh, it's a, it's obviously a huge, huge deal. But they made content doing what they, what they love. Well, assuming, assuming they love it, but you know, kids typically like, you know, they, they typically like to uh, play with the toys that, that they, that they get and they having a couple young ones. They're able, I mean, as soon as they're able to, you know, and you have to have the support actually filming and editing stuff like that. But I mean, you're having business to start when, when they're seven, eight, nine years old. Right. And you're, and you're building your pro you're building your online resume for later uh, in the content space. So it, it, it's really fascinating. And, and like you said, just because you may not be the 0.01% in Dota two, right. You're still, if you're making content with it, which, Content and gaming slash esports go together. I think it's all kind of in the same, it's all in the same breath. And it's going to continue to be all in the same breath as things get more integrated. You are you're building your your portfolio essentially. It's the it's kind of the way I see it. Now I don't know if uh, people agree with me on that, but then you use that, use the content that you've made through the passion of the game you played, right? And then through that content, you've made relationships. Right through streaming, if you're streaming, for example, or if you made videos, right? So then people get to know you, the human being. And for example, showing that you're dedicated, that you've been on a stream schedule or whatnot. And then that, you know, that whatever, the hiring manager or a company or whatever route you end up going, or you're an entrepreneur. So you start, you just kind of start your own content uh, creation firm or whatever. You're able, you're able to transition that from, you know, I've, I, I guess a, I guess a, you know, a passion to become a pro esports player, right? that led to the business side of esports. And I think it's what's interesting. I think a lot of us didn't necessarily wake up one morning, you know, a couple of years ago or whatever and say, all right, I'm going to the business side of esports today. Right. It, it I, I, the conversations I've had, it's more of a process and it, it didn't happen accidentally, but it happened like over time and it wasn't like a flip switch. Now there are some flip switches out there, of course, but as kind of get your thoughts on that. What you think? <laughs> Fun story from Steven. Steven's got three brothers in the middle. The older brother would play Grand Theft Auto and you would join. Said, I was just old enough to get it. This is my top down Grand Theft Auto 2. But my younger brother was really too young to play it, but still wanted to be included. So we let him play, but with the sound off, so he couldn't hear the screams. Yeah. Right. Paul says, it found me. 
that's really it's really interesting. Yep, as an as an industry, I'm I'm sure that people might keep tally marks of how many times we say like infrastructure, <laughs> but as that as that continues to be built up, there's just more need. There's just more need for talent, um, you know, in in other I guess traditional side of business. Um, whether it's, you know, another example is like financial services and, and things like that, that there's just going to be just such a massive need for it that it kind of, it's like a magnetic pull. That's kind of how I kind of see a little bit of what's happened is there's a magnetic pull into it through a contact, a friend that may have gotten into the space and then kind of told you about, you know, a certain niche that you'd be special at. Well, this is cool, guys. I, I just wanted to have a conversation about it. Um, I really like I really like seeing the different experiences you are talking about, especially again, especially growing up, because a lot of uh, what's I don't know the conversation around gaming is is with kids and social media and TikTok and content and where is it all going. I just like to hear different opinions on it. Thanks for being a part of the Level Up Experience. Make sure to connect with us on social media at either the Level Up Experience or Level Up EXP. That's Level Up EXP on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search Chris Reed, C R I S R E E D.